0: Welcome to Fintech Brews and News, brought to you by Central Payments and Falls Fintech. I'm Nikki Rohde.
1: And I'm Trent Sorby.
0: Founders, co-founders, payments professionals, and, well, just people who love brews. This is a place to get a behind-the-scenes look at unique partnerships and ways to bridge the financial gap between banking, startups, and the entire fintech industry, whether it's a beer or coffee, or something else, there's certain to be a brew in every episode. After all, how do we function in this space without it? Each episode, you're sure to take away some good stuff going on in the financial technology space. So without further ado, let's grab a brew.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fintech Brews and News. I'm Trent Sorby.
0: Hey guys, Nikki
1: Rohde. And you might notice the backdrop today is a little bit different than our prior podcasts. We are so excited today to be on the road bringing you Fintech Brews and News from Emanuel Family and Child Development Center here in Kansas City.
0: And you might be wondering, what in the world does a Fintech podcast have to do with a child development center? And it just really is an amazing opportunity to be here because fintech usually is something that's intangible in a way where it's an app, it's something that people are using to change the world. But here we're on site tangibly um, seeing how our guest is able to change the world through uh, her initiatives. So we can't wait to express a little bit more about that story with you today.
1: So today I am absolutely thrilled to introduce a couple people here um, that are doing wonderful things. Immediately to my right is Deborah Mann, Debra is the executive director here at Emanuel Family and Child Development Center. Immediately to her right is Bill Dana, my boss uh, at Central Bank of Kansas City. Bill's a director at the bank and is our was our prior CEO and vice chairman before he now is enjoying uh, a long overdue retirement.
0: For 30 years, guys. 30
1: years at Central Bank of Kansas City. So anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very excited to be here.
2: Thank you. I've never been on a podcast, so I'm excited too.
1: (laughs) We're excited to have you. First and foremost, please tell us the story of Emmanuel.
2: Well, um, Emmanuel Family and Child Development Center was started about 35 years ago this October. Um, It started in a house that I grew up in and my 85 year old mother gave me 22 children and she said, Go figure this out. Um, And so I think we're here today in this beautiful building because we figured it out. Tell us about
1: this location, tell us about this neighborhood, and tell us about why it's special to be right here on Prospect Avenue.
2: You know it's so special because first of all this is 64130 zip code which is one of the highest crime areas in the city of Kansas City, highest unemployment rate, um, child care desert, so many things that this is why this is so important. And we're just, you know, thankful that we could bring this center right here on the corner of 47th and Prospect. I'm like, who would have thought of this big, beautiful building that facilitates services for 377 children?
1: So your mother said, Here are 22 children that we think deserve attention from you. How did it go from 22 to 300 plus kids? Bring us through that.
2: Well, so we started, again, in a house that I grew up in as a kid, and we were licensed for 49 children. We started with 22. Um, We outgrew that within a year. And then within that year, we moved to our previous location, which was at 2416 Swope Parkway, about 1,000 feet from where we are. And we were licensed for 212 kids at that location. And that location... Um, the building was, the buildings were small. We were in three buildings, which created such a problem for families. If you had an infant, you went to this building, a preschooler, you went to this building, or school age, you went to the other building. And so the rooms were small. Uh, it was more like a little house again. And, and so we just went on a path to try to Uh, figure out how can we raise money to build this state-of-the-art center that would be well-lit, open windows, big classrooms. I mean, everything you could ask for. And so that's kind of the journey. Um, We went from 200 kids over to 377. um, And here we are today.
1: So Nikki, why don't you explain, when we talk fintech on this podcast all the time, those that have joined prior podcasts, we talk about CBKC a lot. Connect the dots there.
0: So, false fintech is the accelerator part of central payments. Our central payments division uh, fits under the umbrella of Central Bank of Kansas City. So, Central Bank of Kansas City, CBKC, is a community development financial institution, which we also acronym, bankers are really good at acronyms across the board. So, a CDFI, Community Development Financial Institution. So, with Deborah's summary, I thought that was a beautiful um, kind of walkthrough of, of how we got to this facility. So, let's talk about how you got introduced to Central Bank of Kansas City um, and this project. So, Bill, can you talk about how you met Deborah and that that whole process?
3: Sure. Um, I was introduced to Deborah by Reverend Sam Mann. Sam Mann is not related <laughs> to Deborah Mann, even though the spelling is the same. So Reverend Mann said, you need to meet Deborah. And he said to Deborah, you need to meet Bill. So we set up a meeting at our bank and we had those, uh, the three of us and Bishop Tyndall to talk about our common interest, which was serving the community.
0: I love that. So CDFI, that Community Development Financial Institution, we may or may not have talked about this before, but it certainly is a passion project for you, has been for your, virtually your whole career. True. Can you talk about the CDFI and how this project fits in the scope of?
3: Absolutely. You know, Central Bank of Kansas City just celebrated its 70th anniversary. So we're very proud of serving uh, the community, the Kansas City community. And typically, we're in locations that other banks don't want to belong in or don't cater to. And so we have focused on delivery of financial products and services to a low to moderate income community for all of those years. In 1998, we, we became a CDFI, and uh, since I was at the bank, since uh, 1991, uh, we've developed sort of a pattern and practice of delivering to low to moderate income populations, and, and, and both in financial products and financial services. That's how we started getting together, talking to Deborah about this project. So
1: you were introduced to Central Bank of Kansas City. Tell us about that first meeting with Mr. Dana here, and uh, what was the ask? Tell us about that story.
2: Well, I, actually that first meeting was me sharing my vision and what we wanted to do to impact this community. And I was, I'm a visionary. So I had all these huge, big ideas and just, you know, young and ready to just energetic and like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. And I want to build this elaborate center and it's going to cost millions of dollars. And, and 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 so when Reverend Mann introduced us and I shared this, um, Bill said, well, you know, it's really great to meet you guys and we want to support you and we'll be here for you, but come back when you got a little bit more money. <laughs> um, well,
3: and I, I hope I didn't say you don't have enough money. No, you didn't.
2: You didn't say that. You just said, come back when you're a little bit more stable and we can show that you can support this and that this is going to be an awesome project.
3: That's a great description. And, I and, love that. And,
2: and we did. We came back. We were able to write a grant uh, with many more grants, but this in particular one was from a foundation in Baltimore, Maryland, and they gave us $500,000, and we came back with that.
3: From there, it's it's, it's history. been
2: history, to, yes.
3: To Deborah's credit, she was never a, a grant applicant. She would always operate on her own from his, true. whatever resources she could glean from. We told her, clean up your balance sheet yes. and come back to us with a story that can show You will support or be able to support this expanded vision that you have, and she did exactly that. So she's a great example (laughs) of a customer who followed our advice. Because not always do we have that happen. Yes,
1: Deborah, I'm curious if if you think of the dozens and dozens and dozens of banks in the KC metro area, what why CBKC? What stood out about this organization? You you could go to bigger banks that probably would be interesting projects. Like why CBKC?
2: Well, I'll just be transparent. You know, you can go to the bigger banks, but I felt like this bank believed in our community. They're in our community and they're a part of our community. We, you know, currently have bank members that have their children in our program. So that is a true commitment to what they're saying they want to do. They're they're not just in the community and uh our families and our Community residents are not just bringing their money to the bank, but they're also putting their money back into the community. So that's what I liked about CB. Bill, what are
1: we, like a mile and a half from the bank, maybe two miles from the bank? Yeah, a little bit more than that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we are in the neighborhood, so this is a fantastic story. So, Bill, Deborah took your advice. She comes back, she's got her plan together. That's just the start of this. Tell us about all the work it took to pull in all the people and the organizations and the pieces and the parts to make a, an amazing facility like this come to life?
3: Well, it's absolutely a challenge when you do proge- projects in the inner city. You know, One of the things is the capital stack. Do you have enough equity? Do you have enough debt? And putting them in a right sequence in an order that makes sense and is able to be afforded in the cash flow from the project. We have a product called New Markets Tax Credits, which are accessible only to community development entity so we're an applicant in the new market tra- tax credit world and we utilize new market tax credit to provide equity into Deborah's project in order to make it feasible for this to work so once we were able to structure that not only did we have uh, banks involved we had the city involved and we had uh, consultants from um, uh, other fo- other nonprofits that helped in the construction and uh, the uh, decisioning on how to build the building. Um, Endeavor can probably give that explanation better than I.
2: Well, we it was a truly a partnership. I call it the marriage because we had foundations, private donors, other um, uh, entities that you guys connected us with with IFF. I mean, it was just a partnership to make this project what it is. It is today.
1: And so uh This was, what are we talking, 2018, 2019,
3: probably? 2018 to start it. Yes. Finishes it when?
2: 2019. It actually started in 2015 when the first (laughs) original idea came about.
1: When Bill said, go back and (laughs) (laughs) get it
2: together. (laughs) Which, you know, when I think about that, it was, at that time, you don't understand it. You just want it to happen. Mm -hmm. But when I look at it now and I realize they set me on the path to a different financial position that is so amazing. Like I I was telling Bill, you know, our capacity is 377. We choose to only be at 200 and because we're in a position where we can do that um, even through a pandemic and still be okay. And so they, you know, it might've been the truth, come back, but it was a path that they set me on for success. Bill, there's endless opportunities of new market tax
0: credit projects, CDFI initiatives that you guys can do. What was it about Deborah's vision as um, kind of a founder of this organization and wanting to see this grow that made you want to continue to serve and see this to kind of And
1: I might say, if I just drop, I mean, we talk about entrepreneurs all the time. Yeah. This woman is an entrepreneur.
0: Through and through.
3: Yes, in space. It was her passion that drove us to the conclusion that this needed to be the project that we supported. Like for example, right now we have like 15 projects that we're gonna be able to entertain and consider for our allocation that we have currently. We're only gonna be able to do four or five. And you take the project that resonates the best with uh, the community outcomes. And Deborah has certainly delivered and certainly delivered with her passion and her delivery and her work ethic, her integrity. Uh, the value that she brings to all of these students is beyond compare.
0: Deborah, talk about what it means to you personally to watch over X amount of years, going from the house with 22 children to where you are. What does it mean
2: to you to have this come to life? This is just my vision to impact lives. I've always, you know, when I was a kid, my mom, our house used to be the house where all the kids in the neighborhood came. So it was just kind of instilled in me to create an environment for children that can be a quality environment. They can have access to resources. Families can have access to resources because that is what their barriers are. When we don't have access, it creates barriers. And so to be able to have a space where families can come, children can have access to quality teachers, quality learning environments, quality space is so important. And so that has just been my vision that we do this for inner city children. and. You know, being East of Troost, and we call it the hood here, but it's a neighborhood that most people would probably not take their child because, like I said, it's a high crime rate. But you drive down the street and you see this amazing building from the highway, and you're like, what is that? And so here we are in in that center that has so many resources that most early childhood centers don't have.
1: One of the things you notice right away just walking down the halls are these inspirational sayings that you've put up along the wall tell us why that's important
2: we want children to see who they are to know that your circumstances don't define you and our families they they don't define you the circumstances that you're going through so when children walk down the walls and we say you're amazing you're beautiful um, those are going to stay with them for life and that's what we want to do we want to impact their lives forever you had mentioned earlier to deborah that
0: um, you chose CBKC because you wanted a bank partner that believed in the community. And I just heard Bill say he believed in you. And I find that really synergistic and interesting because you're in a community where, to your words, kind of most people wouldn't want to be. And I would contend that CBKC is in a community most people don't want to be from a banker's perspective. And so I think that's a really interesting uh, business relationship that there was some some natural synergies there. So congratulations to you both
2: for that.
1: It is it's a pleasure to be here. I have I've been so overwhelmed by this place and what you're doing here. It's it's humbling and congratulations to you. We're so excited to be here.
2: We're and we are we are too we just you know like we said, we couldn't have done it without CBKC. There's no way. I mean, like I said, they set us on the path to a successful Opportunity for this community. Aren't
1: you sad this guy's retiring?
2: I know. <laughs> I, I told him him and his wife need to come read stories to the kids. I love I, that idea. I did. There's your there's your next season. Yes. I'm all in.
1: Bill, you've you've got a legacy here and and is just another example of your legacy. So um kudos to you. And uh again, it's it's just inspiring to be here with with both of you.
0: And in closing I would just like to say that the DNA that you've continued to foster in the bank itself and what we see coming to life with the Emanuel Project um, really does trickle up to Central Payments as a whole and false FinTech. You know, I get accused oftentimes of being the squishy one, and um, but I really do believe we're making dreams come true when we think about entrepreneurs that have a vision and have a passion to see that come to life. And this is just one example downstream where that's happening. So once again, thank you so much and congrats.
2: You know, I would just like to say when you have a person like Bill who is in his position at a bank and yet I have his cell phone number, that speaks volume to a program. It just tells you I'm committed, I'm, in, I'm connected. And so, I mean, other banks, I probably wouldn't, don't even know who the president or vice president is. And so I just feel like they really believed in us. And this, as a result, we have a wonderful relationship.
3: It's easy to believe in you.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> as we wrap up here, if someone wanted to reach out to you because they feel like there's a child that would benefit from manual, how would they go about doing that?
2: Um, really, they would just have to call our number, which is 816-921-3164. And someone would just give them, set them up a opportunity to come over and tour the center and See what all we have to offer to them.
1: Well, look, I just took the tour and uh, it is a wonderful experience. So thank you again. Thank you. Again, thank you so much for joining uh, Fintech Brews and News today. Uh, We're so excited to be on the road today and uh, appreciate everybody tuning in for this wonderful, wonderful podcast.
0: Until next time, we'll see you guys.
1: There you have it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Fintech Brews and News. Keep up with all the content and cool stuff happening at Falls Fintech and Central Payments by checking out our website, our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. I'm Nikki Roby, And I'm Trent Sorby. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.